0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great, Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiancé, mmkay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season six, episode eight of Before the 90 Days. On this episode, Sheila's family endures a devastating tragedy, Cleo and Christian try for a quiet night in, Gino and Jasmine try to have fun for once, Statler starts to actually consider the logistics of living on Dempsey's farm, and Riley and Violet are each waiting for the other to apologize. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy.
1: Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today?
0: I'm not doing too bad. I have um, nothing to do today, so...
1: (laughs) I have all the things to do today. (laughs) I'll switch you.
0: Yeah, but that's what that's different things different things, you know. So yeah. all right. Um I like uh, I don't want to like give you too much cuz I feel like that part of this episode was like ridiculously sad and we should probably start with that one. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's tough cuz we start off with some on-screen text telling us the production got a call that something had happened last night in Sheila's home. So production arrives and we see first thing we see is a coffin in a van. Um, and David is trying to console Sheila. So she tells us that – he tells us that when they woke up in the morning, they arrived. After they arrived, so it was his first night there, they found out that Sheila's mother had died during the night. And it's a really bad um, – and it was like something about she fell off the stairs. Uh, I don't know if it was the accident the that killed her. The stair collapsed. It collapsed on her or if she had some sort of – I don't know. It wasn't clear to me because it also could have been, you know, she had like a heart attack or a stroke or something on the stairs. Right. And that like, could have caused it to collapse because they were we saw the stairs. They were very unstable. Yeah. Very
1: janky. Yeah.
0: Um. So obviously we feel bad for everybody in the situation. And that includes the poor interpreter who's still there. And like, oh, it was awful. She was like, translating for David and like she translated something about, you know, I feel so sorry. This is bad. And then was like, so after I translated that for you, what happened? <laughs> I was like, oh. Um So Sheila tells us that her mom fell off the unstable staircase early in the morning and they found her in the morning. It probably happened about eight, five in the morning or something like that. So anyway they, anyway, they bring the mother's body to a chapel and start the wake right away. So. Uh, Sheila tells us that it's customary in the Philippines for somebody to stay with the body for 24 24 hours a day until the funeral. And she's going to do the first, like, watch. She's going to stay there all night uh, with her mother's body and her mother's casket. So, for some reason, we get a very, very, what felt like forever of watching her weep over her mother's casket.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, David says that he's sorry for what happened and offers to take her and her son to a hotel. But of course, she can't go because she has to stay in the chapel. So David goes to the hotel because uh, he wants to give her give her her and her family space to grieve. So Sheila agrees to go drop him off at the hotel while her son stays uh, in the in the chapel. And Sheila thinks that the hotel plan is best because David needs her rest and she needs time alone. So Sheila is glad that both that David both that David tried to comfort her and that he respects her wishes to be like alone in this time. So then we skip ahead a few days to the funeral. David has been staying in the hotel and Sheila has been staying with her family. So, unlike David said, that's very different from any American funeral he's ever been to. They do the procession on foot, and even then, there's still like motorcycles and scooters whizzing by, and they make it to the churchyard where she's laid to rest. So, it's obviously devastating to everyone. And Sheila says that things haven't really sunk in yet, uh, and she doesn't really want to talk about it. So we skip ahead to five hours later and this is now Sheila is going to stay in the hotel with David and so that she doesn't have to, you know, spend another night, like a night alone in the home that her mother died. So friends are going to take care of her son and David feels like, David feels like he's like out of place here, not out of place in the way like, you know, Oh, I feel like it's culturally different. Like I don't belong here right now. This is not my place to be here. Um, And also kind of feels like he, he's worried about being an additional burden uh, in this difficult time. So she says she really hasn't had the time or space to grieve yet. And she can't offer David the kind of like love that she might expect is the way she puts it. Um, so I got to be honest with this. I, I, thought this was incredibly exploitive and gross, um, on the, on, on TLC and sharp productions or whatever. And, uh, I'm kind of mad that they even showed any of this.
1: Yeah, I remember you last week saying that, like, oh, God, we think a family member died, probably mom or dad, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then you being very upset about that back then. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, he was right. Uh, Mr. Onew, someone had died, like, and I don't know, I... I think there are parts that they could have done a little bit more tastefully um, to make it seem less exploitive. Um, I think it was interesting for, like, seeing their relationship uh, between, um, you know, David and why am I forgetting her name right now? Sheila. Sheila, yeah. Uh, I did think it was interesting to kind of see their interaction, um, like how he comforted her. Uh, You know, how he kind of let her communicate what she needed. And to me, I was thinking after seeing this, like, this is really good insight as to, like, their relationship and how their relationship could be. And so, I don't know. In a way, I do feel like it adds to the storyline. Not necessarily the fact that her mom died, but just seeing them deal with conflict right? Or yeah, not well, even I, conflict, I, a challenge. It's not even
0: conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it's a challenge. Like, I mean, I think David clearly did all he could do and did the best that he could, um, yeah. which isn't much. Right. And I, right. I and I, I get the front, his like frustration of feeling like, God, I feel like not only am I not doing enough, but I'm actually making this worse. Like I'm a burden to hear, like she has to take care of In addition to all the things she has to take care of. She's also right. like, Taking care of me, and I, I, I don't know how to fix that. Um, and right. so I, I, I get that, and I and I, I I do think that maybe some of the stuff there, but I do not need. So to me, maybe maybe this is a cultural thing to me because mm-hmm. you know if they're American, it's just grief like that is intensely private, yeah. and to show it on TV and to put her in an interview and make her talk about it to the point where she's just like. I, I I can't, I, I can't talk about this anymore. Like, I don't want to talk about this. Is it, it just seems like such a violation to me. And right. um, maybe that, maybe she didn't see it that way because they, sure you know, process and and do do their grief different in the Philippines. But the fact that they even like were like, hey, can we film this as they're loading your mother's casket into a van the day after she died? I'm like, no, get the fuck away from me. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Right. Like Like, to your point about if it's a cultural difference of making a very public display of mourning, and there are some cultures that, you know, that is a thing, right? They're mm -hmm. supposed to make a very public display of mourning. If that were the case here, I feel like, you know, to make it seem less, less exploitive production could have kind of had her set the narrative of sure. in the Philippines, this is what we do to mourn, right? Mm-hmm. We're very like open about how sad we are, you know, and we, you know, are crying in the streets and that's part of, cause it. Uh, a procession. I was like, I don't want to call it parade because it doesn't seem very celebratory. Right, procession, sure. right? And it's part of that process. So, yeah, it could have been like a missed opportunity of seeing how people mourn in other cultures if that was a thing, right? But if it isn't, then yes, this just seems like do you really have to spend so much time uh, with Sheila just being very clearly like inconsolable Is that Mm -hmm. really necessary? Um, Yeah. So I do think that production could have handled it better uh, while addressing the mourning and the, you know, uh, death without it seeming so like...
0: yeah. Obviously, you can't ignore the death. Like you were there the night before filming, which I also... Like, so this janky staircase that broke with her mother on it possibly led to her death... Like, it it also just so happened to break the day after they lugged a bunch of heavy-ass equipment on top of it, like, to film this family. Like, that also was like, oh, my God. Like, this just – it seems like just a awful situation that if if it was a – if it was not an American family who didn't obviously need the money, like, I think it would have been handled a little bit differently. And that makes me feel gross even for watching the show, Um, to be honest. Like – I I, did, I, did, I wasn't a fan of the way they handled it. I think they, if if they had permission or if permission was granted, they should have been way more upfront about like, yeah. hey, we really offered them the chance to not show this, and they said they wanted us to film this. Like right. that, that we needed. I needed a lot more of that yeah. um, from them, and a lot more truthful that from them before I felt like I wasn't like like invading this this family's like you know worst day ever. Like it's it. it ugh. It was sad, and it made me angry, and it's just awful.
1: Yeah. Well, from there, it gets a lot lighter (laughs) in the episode. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, probably our kind of like roller coaster, but mostly lighthearted couple, and that was Gino and Jasmine. So Gino and Jasmine go to the mall, and Gino, he's actually in a good mood after the therapy session. He thought it was productive, and he took it to heart that they need to create good memories. It's Jasmine's little sister's Liz's birthday, and she's been living with them. So they go to the jewelry store where Jasmine picks out a gold initial necklace for her sister. But then, after she picks out the necklace, she asks to see engagement rings. Gino says that she already has a ring, and Jasmine says, well, I lost it. In the interview, Jasmine admits that she never really liked the ring Gino picked out, even though she did say it had great meaning to her. Gino also had promised her an upgrade, but that never happened. She also says that sometimes she would just wear her old engagement ring from her ex because he's just nicer. And Gino tells her, that's terrible. Jasmine insists that she doesn't even like her ex, so it's okay. And Gino asks her how she would feel if you wore a necklace his ex gave him, which Jasmine immediately demands to know where this necklace is, even though (laughs) it's a hypothetical situation. (laughs) Gino says that he would buy her a new ring after the visa approval, and she's actually in the U.S. and before they got married. But not now. Jasmine demands to know why it's taking so long for her visa to go through. Gino says 80% of cases are resolved in 13 months, and it's only been about 12 months. Jasmine demands that they hire a lawyer, but Gino doesn't want to spend money on one gino says that he's not going to waste his money on her lawyer so if she wants one she has to pay for it and jasmine asks is she a waste of money gino says that his ex-wife was brazilian so he's done this process before without any issues gino thinks that uh uh, jasmine is manipulating him just to kind of get him in a place to buy her a ring jasmine (laughs) demands that he gets a lawyer so she can move there now And Gino tells her not to tell him what to do and to change her attitude. Otherwise, they're going to have some major problems as he walks out of the jewelry store saying he's not buying a ring. Jasmine is left in the jewelry store crying. She's frustrated because she's been living in limbo for the last year, and she feels like hiring a lawyer would expedite the visa process. Later, Gino reflects on the situation, and he realizes that he could have handled that argument so much better. They're playing nice because it's Liz's birthday. Gino asks if they are on the causeway, and Jasmine is super annoyed because she says they were just there a couple days ago. And Gina asks, is she sure it was with him? Liz, Jasmine, and Gino rent a surrey, and Liz is in the back, and Gino is in charge of steering in the front. And he tells them he's that, you know, they're in good hands as Jasmine gets smacked in the face with a plant because Gino wasn't paying attention. Liz is worried that Gino is leading the way as he drives them across a crosswalk, holding his hand up, expecting to stop traffic. (laughs) Jasmine tells Gino uh, that he doesn't have stamina for sex, so why would he be good at biking? Jasmine then admits that she's faked every orgasm and Gino tells her that she's lying. Which then it's really unclear if Jasmine was just joking or if she was telling the truth. Jasmine then admits, oh, sorry, uh, Liz can't understand them because she they're depending on this. Thank God for her. But, uh, you know, she does have a fear of dying as Gino recklessly steers in front of cars. But that also weirdly keeps everyone laughing. And Gino thinks that this is a good memory. <laughs> they then stop by an ice cream place where Gino makes a big proclamation that he has something for Jasmine and reveals a ring. He says that it's not an engagement ring, but a promise ring that he will try harder and avoid arguments and try to give her more meat, which I think he means sex, and all the things that the counselor told him to do better about. Uh, It ends up that he sneaked away uh, when they were uh, at the plaza biking, and that's where he bought her this ring. He asks her if he likes it, and she says that she does as they kiss, and they kiss a little too much because Liz is starting to look uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gina, uh, G- he says that it's, uh, he is clear that it's not an engagement ring, and he says he reminds her he'll buy her a real one when she gets to the US. Jasmine is genuinely surprised at him being romantic. Then Jasmine also becomes impressed that Gino is attempting to order ice cream in Spanish, <sighs> although. It's a process. They end up with ice cream in the end, but there's a lot of back and forth going on. And Jasmine is just impressed that he's trying, considering this is the most Spanish she's says that she's heard him speak in two years.
0: Jeez, he said yeah. like "más tarde," like
1: yeah, uno? to mean later, right? <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. yeah. He could not get across. Like he's like, I knew that word like for like because he said he was going to order his later. But, like, he was generally just repeating what the lady said to her. She was like, grande pecunio. (laughs) She's like,
1: grande? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, what do you think about um, the conversation about their sex life in front of Liz? Like, not the part that it was in front of Liz. Did you think that uh, Jasmine was telling the truth or – she was joking, as she said, because the, I actually – I never watched Pillow Talk, but I had it in the background because I was doing something and just had it on the channel. And uh-huh. it seemed to be mixed as the Pillow Talk cast, too, because they were just like, wait a second. Is she joking or is she telling the truth? And everyone seemed to be confused.
0: I mean, I thought I thought she was telling the truth. It's I thought what? she was telling to- the truth, too. We're talking about what? Five orgasms she's faked? What? Right. Because like, you can do two – they've only done it seven times. Two times you're like – Oh, sorry, it just didn't happen and you you're yeah. fine. And then the other five times you fake it and then that's it. It's not it's not just like you're to talking about
1: make it be over.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're talking about her faking it like hundreds of times here, like over different things. Like I I believe it. Yeah. Especially the way especially the way even she says it. She's said that you know, when when they are doing it, he has to go into the bathroom and finish himself off.
1: Right. And and she also says that it's bad sex. So you're yeah. really getting off on bad sex. Or I would feel like if you got off on, you know, any kind of sex, it would make it so it's okay sex at least. Maybe not, yes. not the most exciting sex, but
0: – I mean, it would definitely elevate it from the worst sex I've ever had, which is what she said last time. Right. right?
1: Exactly. I would think so.
0: Yeah. So I don't I – mean because, yeah, that's my that was my conclusion was that no, she was right and then felt bad that like – you know, she was saying all this even in front of her sister, even if she couldn't understand. Although they were definitely showing camera views of a sister, like she could understand, and it like she was like, "Can I jump off of this bike now? Like, can I just <laughs> jump off the side here?" Um, but it's also one of those things. It's like I don't know. It's that's also I wouldn't say kind of her fault, but it's kind of her fault, yeah. right? Like, like if somebody's not doing something that, 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 that's making it happen, like she needs a little coaching there. But then he's bad at coaching. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of that's kind of part and parcel of the whole thing. Like when she was like, you know, oh, let's buy a ring right now. He was like, no. But in the end of the at the end, when he had his own things and he he was allowed to do it his own way, he bought her a ring.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It is pretty clear that he doesn't like to be told what to do. Yes. Right? And and you, I, I don't know if I would really take him as someone because he just seems so like, oh, okay, you know. And I think maybe he was like that at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And now that he's a little bit more comfortable, maybe he cares a little less if things work out or not. You know, it right. seems like he's being a little bit more bold in the relationship and he does not like to be told what to do. So no. if you're going to tell him to do something, he's not going to do it right then. He's going to do it his way in his time. Right.
0: So if it's like a little softer there, honey, it's going to be like, no, like, (laughs) no, I know what I'm doing down here. And it's going to be like, all right, well, I guess what's an appropriate amount of time to wait before I fake this at this (laughs) point. Right.
1: But it also seems that Jasmine is one of those people who uh, plays up the drama in the bedroom anyway. So she seems like (sighs) she would be screaming just because anyway.
0: Yes. Yes. That's also true. Like that's just she's. Yeah, she's very dramatic in all aspects theatrical. of life. So yes. very theatrical, which actually makes it seem like it would make, I don't know. I, I, you know. Personal things aside, that actually seems like it's really hard if if somebody's going to be like that and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm going to be screaming and going wild and, you know, doing all this stuff. Like as soon as we as soon as we start doing stuff, I'm going to be like, well, how am I supposed to know? But you're if like, is I'm, it over? Like, I don't
1: know. <laughs> like,
0: well, how am I supposed to know? Like, Because there's there's like a feedback loop involved. You'd be like that. <laughs> Good. That. Bad, right? And you're like, you do good thing again. But if like everything you do gets this crazy screaming reaction, it's like I don't know which ones are good and which ones are bad here. Like, this, I need some, I need some honest feedback, please. Yeah. I, and so it's, it, it, but, but even the way she does it, she doesn't even. And I, I get where she's coming from because in this, this episode, I was definitely team Gino for what happened in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: okay. Um, And and part of it is like because she doesn't – the way she even goes about it. They get the necklace for her sister. Everything's going fine. And does she say, oh, hey, while we're here, maybe we'll look at rings because I lost my engagement ring. We'll just take a look. Does she do that? No. She just tells the person behind the counter, oh, can you show us the rings? I just want to see some rings. And he's like, why are we looking at rings? What are you doing? Like she doesn't even involve him. She's like, I've already made a decision without you that you need to buy me an extra ring because the other ring you bought me was awful. And – like And then she does things that she knows are going to hurt him when she doesn't get her way, yeah. right? Because she goes about like, well, that other ring you got me was too ugly. Um, actually, I wear the ring from my ex. Like, come on. You don't yeah. say that. You know exactly what you're doing when you say that. And you're like, oh, I don't know what the big idea is. I don't know what the big deal is. It's a pretty ring. He means nothing to me. Come on. Like, you know exactly what you're doing when you say you wear a ring from – you prefer the ring that your ex gave you to the one that he gave you. That's not subtle at all, oh, yeah. right? yeah what do you make about the the lawyer thing though who's whose side are you on with that?
1: It's hard to say because it would be interesting to see what the stats are about expediting the process, right? Mm-hmm. So is it that you know a lawyer has more like it is faster to do it through a lawyer? and I don't think it's because they do a whole lot of things differently so much as. Maybe, you know, seeing that a lawyer is kind of overseeing your papers, you know, uh, maybe it makes it so there's less scrutiny on your application, possibly, or maybe the lawyer knows who to kind of do the follow up with to kind of nudge your application along. And I certainly think that that is kind of the case if we kind of look at just even the passport situation. You know, if you expedite a passport, I've had a couple people tell me that the process is if you don't get your passport two weeks before you're supposed to, that's the time that you uh, call them and say, hey, my travel's coming up. And then they nudge you along, right? Mm -hmm, So maybe mm -hmm. it's this case, too, where it's just kind of like we get to it when we get to it unless you know the right people or the right process to nudge things along.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe that's true. I just feel like we've seen so many – lawyers – we've seen a lot of lawyers in this show and most – all of them are just like, oh, like you turn the paperwork in, it gets there when it gets there. Right. Mm, Right? Like all of them have been like that. And I do believe that you probably are better off having a lawyer when you're filling in the application Mm -hmm. and when you're turning in the documentation because – they know what to look for. They know what's going to raise red flags. They yeah. know what's going to be things, and so you'll be able. To, it might go through quicker if you had a lawyer prepare it, right? Because they right. know exactly the right less things scrutiny, to do to get right. to get less scrutiny. Mm-hmm. But like I think I'm on Gino's side, where it's like, no, I turned in the application. Like, there's nothing the lawyer can do. It's in the black hole now. It's just it, it's in the black box, and it pops out when it pops out. All a all, all, all lawyer. I mean, I think he could pacify her by spending an hour with a lawyer, which is still going to cost him like, you know, three, four hundred bucks Yeah, um, to just be like, hey, we haven't heard anything. Is there anything we need to do? Because most likely the lawyer is going to be like, yeah, no, it's not really a thing you can do. (laughs) Right. And so, but maybe she needs to hear that from an actual lawyer, right? And, And I don't think it's unreasonable to just even demonstrate to her like, look, I'm not just procrastinating on this. This is the process. This is the way it works. This is what we have to wait for, um, which I pretty much think is all she wants.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong too in that if really it's a 13 month mark that, mm-hmm. you know, but it's kind of like that. Well, if you wait one more month, you know, you could have come with a, up with a compromise if you don't get it in 13 months, like Gino's claiming uh, right. then at that point you should go with yeah well you know, and, and, get and a lawyer. I could see
0: him I could see him being like, listen, I called a lawyer. I made an appointment with that lawyer on the day it 13 months hits. yeah like we are talking as soon as it hits 13 months I'm we're, we got the lawyer on. It. I think
1: that would make like, her feel better right. because there's like an end date in mind right because they're just gonna have this argument again if it reaches the 13 right. month mark because then you're because Gino's gonna be like, well 80% isn't all of them. It's like, yes. well, <laughs> do you have more stats there, <laughs> Gino.
0: Yeah, yeah, eighty percent is not a hundred percent. So don't you see? We can't, we can't possibly we do wait that, longer. You know?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We just gotta wait. You just gotta wait. And it's all because he did it before. But it's one of those things yeah. too. Like we were talking about something beforehand before we got on here that we had both done many times before, and every time we go to do it, it's like, well, ugh, now this is how they do it, right? It was, right. We, uh, Right, We were talking about buying cars and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I bought a car 10 years ago. And it's like, great. That's not the same as buying a car now.
1: Well, right? I mean, that, at least that's what the dealers keep telling me. I was like, the last time I bought a car was 2018 and it was easy. I try to use the exact same process and all of a sudden it's like this complex pain in the ass thing where they go, no, it's not like that.
0: And I had similar I had similar things too. It was like, you know, I bought a car one 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 time. I did It's it like, I did it this way. It worked great. No problems. And then 10 years later, I did it this way and- Nobody would respond to me, and yeah. I couldn't. It was a it was a hassle again. Like and, it's a, and that's just what happens about things. They don't they're not the same just because you did it x years ago that it's going to be equally the, equally the you know as easy or as straightforward as it was.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. especially because this is his second foreign visa, right? Like right. to me, I don't know. I, I know this isn't true because we have Rebecca and Zaid. You know mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, it was her second or third one. I want to say, and to me, it's just like everybody gets one, right? <laughs> like, right. You shouldn't get any more if you're like really genuinely marrying these people. You like you get one. Uh, right. That's how I, I kind of see it.
0: I would definitely expect more scrutiny if you if you applied for a second one,
1: right? Like, right. just be
0: like, this seems screwy. We got to take a look at this. Yeah, real close. especially because he didn't for use sure. a
1: lawyer the first or second time. So, right, makes but, yeah.
0: sense. All right. So let's jump into other people having fights. Let's talk about Riley and Violet. So we see Riley in his hotel room and he's just complaining and bemoaning how, you know, they were just supposed to have a relaxing evening together last night and it turned into a shit show. He says he's more mad at himself, but not for the reasons you want him to be mad at himself. Not because, you know, he randomly called his friend and started shit, um, but because he got so upset and lost his cool after – Violet insulted him so badly. He should have been the cool party. So anyway, we switch over to Violet and she's in a dress boutique. She's still upset about how Riley and Tiffany pressured her into answering questions she was uncomfortable with. So she's doing some retail therapy with her uh, daughter, Tia. I feel like the daughter was like, you know, very much like she's like, ah, I need to just go shopping. And she was like, yes, I want clothes. Let's go. I'm I'm, I'm on board. So Tia asked about what happened last night. And she said, because Violet ended up coming home so early. So Violet, at least in my opinion, pretty accurately describes how things went down. And Toyette says, well, maybe Riley didn't know that this friend was just going to start this weird interrogation. But Violet's like, "Mm, see, that's kind of the thing. It's like, because when she started interrogating me, it's not like he stopped her. Like he should have stepped in to protect her and say she doesn't have to answer those kind of questions. And this lack of protection, she says, is a big part of why her ex-husband is her ex-husband. She tells us stories about how her former mother-in-law was really hard on her. Like, it sounded like in the delivery room after she had her second daughter, the mother-in-law was like, what's up with this? Where are the boys? God damn it. You're supposed (laughs) to give me boys. This is bullshit.
1: P.S. You're fat.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) After just giving birth. Right. Right. So – so Violet was very disappointed how her husband didn't like step in and was like, seriously, what? Do you know no, no defense. Um, anyway, so um, she gets a similar feeling about Riley right now and tells us that she sent him a long message and then blocked him. Well, they blocked each other or somebody blocked other. Riley is very unclear about what blocking happened here. Um, and we see that later. Um, he says he didn't even read the message. I don't believe him. But just blocked her. So anyway, now seems like a good time to read it. So it's a big, long thing. He reads out loud about how she's supposed to protect him. And, you know, uh, you're, when, you're in, when, when you're in Vietnam, you'll answer my family's questions. And when I'm in America, I'll answer your family's questions. But you're an educated, unscrupulous. And uh, if you like that, you should go away. So anyway, he reads that whole thing as, oh, this reads to me like I'm not allowed to ask her any questions at all. I don't know how he came up with that, but he stands up very strongly against that straw man saying, I'm not built that way, but he's not sure either of them even want this relationship to work. Of course it's uh, it's all, all of this is, you know, of all the people here, it's the, it's the child who has it the most right. And it's just like, um, this isn't like a game. You all need to actually figure out whether you want to be together or not. Um, And Violet says, well, yeah, we can do that, but only if he reaches out. (laughs) And of course, we switch back to him who says that, you know, we can fix things, but only if she reaches out first. So, you know, there's nothing for him to explain. She has to do all the explaining. Then we skip and Riley isn't just going to spend the rest of his trip in a hotel room. And so he's hired tour guide, Tommy, to take him around uh, on the motorcycle. So he rides a motorcycle. He says he rides a motorcycle back in the States, but riding through the streets of Ho Chi Minh City. It's a little bit different and pretty wild even for him. So he says that he almost took a flight home. But now with a little bit of reflection, he realizes that it might have been kind of his fault. God. So after the tour, he invites Tommy out to have a cigar and a drink. And he's like, "Okay, I'm assuming production's throwing him something because they need to have somebody for Riley to talk to. All right. So... Anyway, Tommy says that this whole thing might be a cultural misunderstanding that here in Vietnam, they don't really subscribe to that. You know, I have friends that are like my family thing. He's like, no, family is family. And if your family would have asked a question, eh, it might have been a lot different. So he Riley's like, so you're saying if my father would have asked? So it seems yes. now that like...
1: Yes, Riley, that's what family is.
0: <laughs> seems like the next trip is going to be like, I'm going to have my father ask this question instead of Tiffany. Um... So Tommy gives him some advice. Uh, Step one: unblock her. He's like, "Did I even block?" Like that's again where the confusion comes in. He's like, "I think I blocked her." And Tommy's like, "Are you sure she didn't block you?" And he's like, (laughs) "Oh, uh, maybe." Like so. Anyway, step two: meet in person, and step three: apologize sincerely. So uh, Wiley says maybe he should rethink how he approaches things, and so now he's willing to be the first, the next person to agree on an apology. To do an apology. So I don't. What. There is no way this can possibly work. There's no way they don't end up in this situation again within a week. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, not this exact thing, but something like this. I did not like the side that I saw Riley, uh, Riley during this argument. Um, I think he can be super unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I can't believe that you could go from where you were at at that argument to uh oh okay let's get back together again it's like i can understand possibly being like okay i really reacted poorly to that uh let me try to make things right maybe we can be friends but not a. let's just jump right right back to where we started because it's just like
0: right like i don't like, know how I do you recover
1: say- from that argument
0: Yeah, it's that's one of those things that – maybe as friends or maybe like, hey, we need to take – we need to back up where we are in this relationship and like build back up to that. We can't jump – we can't just like, oh, sorry. But that's the thing is like part of what's so frustrating about Riley specifically is he just – and and Violet kind of says the same thing. He gets into a mood and he feels – as soon as he feels offended, he feels disrespected, he feels insulted, it's a good solid – 36, 48 hours of him just being completely unreasonable, just like lashing out at I can't believe how bad I was insulted and I'll never be with this person again. And they should just go in hell. And I can't even be like I'm not built that way to blah blah blah. And then after that time, he's like, Oh, wait, no, I was an asshole. Yeah. Like, and you can't you can't deal with that yo-yo roller coaster back and forth as their partner, being like, Yeah, eventually he's gonna realize he was the asshole and did something wrong but it's going to be after 48 hours of him being a completely unreasonable like over the unreasonable, unscrupulous, unintelligent yeah. man child, you know. Yeah.
1: If I was Violet, I'd be running the fuck away like no thanks, Riley. I don't need that guy in my life. Done.
0: Yeah. No, it's yeah. like, it's it's I mean the the phrase is he showed his ass Right? yeah
1: well, and it's funny because he used this that exact phrase to describe Violet,
0: yeah, right. Well, yes, he was very projecting projection full of projection in his like analysis of it the next day,
1: well, okay, here's the other thing too, is I feel like Riley this entire season has been trying to definitely control the narrative of and his image of how he comes off on the show specifically. Right. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be the cool jazz guy who smokes cigars, like definitely trying to give off those vibes, but also strong military man that respects history, you know, and he's definitely trying to control like what his image is. And I think he realized after this argument, like, ooh, this is not going to make me look good. This is not the cool jazz cigar smoking guy right now. Like, this is, like, angry guy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now he's trying to backpedal because, uh, honestly, I don't even if it's to really be with her. I don't really get through this whole conversation that he really loves Violet and he really, like, Wants to make things work. I think like he's more in the sense that like, oh, well, two years is going to seem like a waste if this doesn't work. And, uh, you know, like I don't want that last taste in your mouth to be like, oh, look at the asshole that had this argument.
0: Well, I also think that what's important to him is that if and when they break up, she's the bad guy.
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: And um, so so he's going to try to come back. Well, I'll come back and do this. And I tried to apologize and you wouldn't let me. And you just threw everything back in my face. And blah, 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 blah. that's like, oh, I feel I like that's what he's waiting sure for.
1: I sure see that happening. I mean, look at how he even tried to make her out to be. She gave him a completely like reasonable. Now, I don't know if it's true or valid, but reasonable reason for still mm-hmm. having an account. And, you know, he – invalid, liar, you're a liar, I don't like to be lied to, you know, and trying to make her out to be like the bad guy and like, yeah, I can yell at you and talk to you like this because you're the liar.
0: Yeah, because now you're – because you're the bad guy. But like yeah. it, it's one of those things that I both think – like the same thing we had here. Both of them were like, well, if the other person apologizes, then I guess we can talk. there. They're, they're playing this weird game where they're stuck in this relationship because neither of them wants to be the bad guy that's at fault for ruining this relationship, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, And it, that's it's just – they both just seem miserable in it. Like even when it was good, it was like three seconds of a nice dinner that – Before the phone came out and and the accusation started. And it's like, I I mean, it just sounds like the only way I could imagine people liking this relationship is if what they most want out of a relationship is drama. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, Wait. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I didn't realize. (laughs) I was like waiting for you to talk about the next couple. It's my turn. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, for some reason it was just so close to me I thought that I had covered them. <laughs> uh, so we have Dempsey and Statler. So in the morning, Statler... it uh, well, it is the morning, and Statler is not well-rested because she was just so cold at night. It's her version of hell being this cold. Dempsey is bothered by Statler saying that she's been uncomfortable this whole time. And then later, Dempsey is staging her place to get rid of the negative energies and bring in the good vibes. But then Dempsey decides that, you know... Statler, and her crotch specifically, need to be saged as well. And Statler is kind of offended by this joke because she thinks it's implying that she's a slut. But Statler says that she's proud of her sexual history, and now she thinks that maybe this is a big deal for Dempsey. Dempsey is worried that Statler may not like farm life, but Dempsey really likes it. Dempsey's family was part of a showman's guild, which helped organize traveling carnivals, so she's used to small spaces and living in a caravan. Dempsey tells us a little bit more about her family, including her older sister, who died of carbon monoxide poisoning uh, when her sister was 19, and I think she was 16. She left home at 18 to get away from the traveling lifestyle. She said that she couch surfed until she met her friend Ben, who owned a staycation business. Dempsey was given a job and a place to live on the farm, and Statler, uh, yeah. Statler thought she was being positive about this living situation, but now she's realizing that... Things are not so not so good here. So now she's turning more negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Statler is worried about the bathroom situation. She thinks that this whole entire house is too cramped. It's too cold. Statler was planning on moving in, and she's feeling kind of trapped because her lease is ending back at home and she has nowhere to live. Dempsey is excited to show Statler around the farm area, and it kind of is like a resort with the buildings they have. Dempsey wants to introduce Statler to her good friend, Ben. Dempsey says Ben is the main character in her life. Uh, It's important to Dempsey that Statler gets along with him. Statler tells Ben that she likes English girls, so that's how she met Dempsey. She was on a dating app. They admit that they've been physical, and Ben says that Dempsey has been really excited to meet her. Ben thinks that Statler and Dempsey are like chalk and cheese, meaning they couldn't be more different. He thinks that this relationship, he thinks, is going to be short-lived. Statler is still worried about their lack of communication uh, when Dempsey was in Thailand, but she's waiting to confront her about it. Uh, Dempsey is later making a vegan meal dinner for Statler. Statler is attempting to help by mutilating a carrot and eating a clove of garlic. (laughs) which was clearly a bad idea because Statler says it's burning and she grabs some soap to pump into her mouth to make it stop hurting. Uh, I think she was trying to be somewhat comical, but it was very much based in reality because Dempsey just can't stop laughing. And Statler says she's feeling more comfortable with Dempsey. Statler brings up the communication in Thailand and says they both agree that it wasn't good. Statler said that she thought that maybe Dempsey was like messing around with someone else. And Dempsey said that she had told Statler before the time difference and the lack of Wi-Fi may mean a lack of communication. It ends up that Statler has cheated before, and Dempsey has never cheated on anyone before. So Statler sheds sheds a tear for not trusting Dempsey. She now wants to convince Dempsey to ask her to move in. Uh, So she hasn't met Dempsey's dad, but now his approval is more important than ever. All right, so uh, well, I don't know where to start here. It, it <laughs> sounds like Statler has limited living options. So even though she started off this segments by pretty much saying that she hated this life, uh, the uh-huh. cold, small space, she's still moving forward to try moving with Dempsey. Do you think it's because of her lack of options or do you think it's that she loves Dempsey enough That she is going to uh, persevere through her personal living hell of the cold. And well, I mean, it
0: it, it sounds to me like she already made her decision. Um, Like, hence, not even going month to month on her lease. I know that's so sad. Yeah, that that she already made up her mind and then realized, like, oh no, the thing I decided was actually not as good as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Now she's moving forward, which is crazy because
1: there's still a big it, hurdle. Dempsey. There's a big
0: hurdle event. Like <laughs> yes, the person you're moving in with doesn't know it yet, right? And that's just an insane hurdle to leave, yeah. right? And like, like, and it's funny too because I was, you know, I just, I just got a new place, and I was already freaking out because I was like, you know, finding just another place to rent, and. Um, and, you know, just in going and in emailing I'm doing all this and that, 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 worried about me getting the lease. And I still managed to get it done like with more than a month left on my lease. And I was still like, ah, there's only a month yeah. left on my lease that I could potentially go month to month on. And I have other places to go if it doesn't fall through and I can make this work. I was still like too stressful, too stressful. I don't like it. Right. I can't imagine being like, oh, yeah, I have this place lined up. The person who owns it doesn't know I'm moving in yet, but right. I, it's uh, this is my this is my plan. It's just it's it. I I don't know how you can live like by the seat of your pants like that, let alone like. You know, just taking somebody for granted like that—that's—that's—that's that's the, that's the other crazy part that goes with it—is like, yeah, why is she taking this girl for granted?
1: Right, yeah, and it's like, have they talked about her moving in there? Because maybe Dempsey has like, well, yeah, like the Caravan life, but if I were to ever like shack up with a partner, it would not be this place, you know. So it's like, seems like. You would have to talk with your partner about this, even if it was in a hypothetical future situation, Um, you know, but like the fact that it's like she's just kind of like us. she's assuming way too much here. And then, yeah, like you said, just like assumes that, you know, she's that Dempsey would be down for her to move in.
0: I I don't I don't see her being down to move in. Like, I I I. She's like extremely not comfortable with where the relationship is yet. She doesn't know where it is. She's feeling things out. You know, she has a life set up here that Statler's not a part of, right? Or wasn't a part of before. And, you know, I, she's trying to feel out. Is this a person that I might even consider, you know, changing my life for, let alone like, yeah, I'm moving in in two months. That's like not even, a, I'm sorry, not two months, in two weeks, right? That's. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, like, that's a such a huge leap from where Dempsey seems to be right now.
1: Right.
0: Now, that said, I feel like they're still one of the, like, more genuine couples I saw. Because, like, the scene where she ate the garlic and Dempsey yeah. was just doubled over in laughter. Yeah. Like, laughing at it. Like, to me, that's, like, the best part of a relationship. Like, those right. kind of moments – where it's just like pure, just hilarity and joy, and it's like, yeah, that's what you put up with all the crap for, is yeah. to have those times, right? And so that's the, one of the few couples we've ever seen where I'm like, yes, that, that I would, I would want to work at something for that because so many times we see these people, we saw Riley and Violet, and we're like, I saw the good times of them, and I was like, this still kind of sucks. Yeah. like I don't even <laughs> like boring. This. It's kind of boring. I know.
1: I like that they said about each other towards the end of their segment, like, you make me really happy. You make me really mm-hmm. happy too. You know, that's the right. start of their relationship.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's one of the few couples that we have in this season or any other season where I've been like, okay, like I can see that they're really into each other and they have fun times and I can see why they would want to make this work. Like so many of them are like, well, do they even want to make this work? Right. I don't understand.
1: Yeah, the living thing is definitely more of a logistic challenge. Yeah, but they're a cheating thing. It's like, well, is this like is is Statler really going to change, or is she always (sighs) going to feel paranoid that Dempsey is cheating if there's like a a slack in their communication?
0: Right. Yeah. And that, that was a legitimate slack in their communication, like for legitimate reasons. Like, you're, yeah. she's backpacking through Thailand. I'm not going to have signal all the time. Right. And when I do, it's going to be at weird times of the day. Like, that's a completely understandable reason to kind of go off grid for a few months, uh, yeah. a few weeks. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely. not like, it's not like that was sus- even suspicious. Like, I would be expected, like, oh, well, you're going to be random high wilderness places you're probably not going to have signal everywhere right um and so right but if it's that kind of nothing nothing suspicious expected if that like kind of triggers her anxiety that is a a a bad sign um even though like i don't know the the crazy part to me is i definitely thought about you when she was like i was cold all night it was awful That's me. (laughs) it's like yes (laughs) i was like oh no
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I do get cold very easily. And yeah. I, yeah, but then again, I think like for sleeping for anyone, right? There's like a narrow band of really super comfortable temperatures when it comes to sleeping, right?
0: I, right. I think
1: I would much rather be too cold than too hot when it comes I to about, sleeping. I, I,
0: I sleep better when I'm too cold than when I'm too yeah. hot, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah if it's too and hot, I, it's like, forget about it. I'm like wide awake.
0: Yes, if I'm sweating – if I'm trying to sleep and I'm actively sweating, I'm just – I'm awake. I, I'm yeah. not sleeping. Like it, it, that's it.
1: Yeah. But not to say that sleeping in the cold is easy either. If I get too cold and I can't warm up, it's like I'm just sitting there shivering and I can't warm up and that means I'm awake.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a narrow band, but I'm saying a little yeah. bit – you're talking about a little bit too cold or a little bit too – but then too hot. But then I don't know because then you have – when you sleep with people in the bed, mm-hmm. some people are – I am a I'm a cold sleeper and so I just like like you touch me and like are you dead? How are you not more <laughs> like whereas other people are just like you go near them and like oh my god why is there I the
1: majority of people are warm or hot. Why is there a furnace sleepers? in bed with yeah. me? Like
0: others yeah. radiating heat. Oh my god. And that is not me. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Let's go to my other couple. was it? Oh, yeah. Christian and Cleo. It. Christian and Cleo. Oh, man. Speaking of awkward bedtimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Christian and Cleo, we start with them on the way to the Portobello Market, which Cleo has to clarify is not about selling mushrooms. It's like a place. So <laughs> it's the night after enjoying their, quote, first date, which ended with Cleo feeling overwhelmed and asking to leave. Uh, so... <laughs> They also apparently had more to drink than they may have both planned for. So, she just passed out when they got back. So, that's another night that they had with no intimacy. So, she wants to just leave yesterday behind them though and have a cute day together. Um, You know, cute unlike the ugly rings at the first jewelry stand they look at. Like, it's funny because they're walking through this little market which has this fenders. It's a market, Right. And you can see that Christian is, like, ready to pull. He, like, has his hand on his wallet the whole time. He, like, just wants to buy her something. And she's like, these rings are ugly. He's like, oh. So, anyway. (laughs) But we do get – the thing that does bring her attention is a bracelet from the crystal stand, which has, like, tiger eye crystals, which are apparently supposed to be good for courage and motivation, just like you'd need when starting out a new relationship. So, this is when Christian gets to bust out the wallet and buy it for her. So, he says the first date wasn't flawless because – Eh, clearly he doesn't quite get how her autism works. And maybe he was pushing things a little bit too far for her. But anyway, now that they're getting some, they're got their things, they're getting some fish and chips and um, I guess talking things out. So Christian makes a terrible mistake of getting ribs in England um, (laughs) instead of fish and chips, um, which he he has a bite of the fish and chips. And is like, this is probably good for a hangover. I love this. I want to eat the whole thing. I was like, yeah, like, who gets ribs in England? Oh, okay, okay.
1: Texans. <laughs> okay. In famous. England, though?
0: Like, I don't know. I, I don't I, know.
1: Texans get ribs wherever they can get them, I'm sure.
0: No, because like like me, I'm a Maryland person. I'm not getting crab anywhere else. Well, like I'm like, Texans no, your crab is going to be awful. Like, that's not <laughs> – no, I'm not doing that. So anyway, um, that's our – anyway, the bridge for the hangover thing is a bridge for talking about last night where he blames the heavy pours at the pub for a lot. He's like, those are very <laughs> strong drinks. So Cleo tells him that she really wanted their first date just to be about him and her and less about starting to chat up other strangers at the bar. So he's like, that's not what I was doing. I was totally involving you. And she's like, yeah, no, you weren't. You would feel bad if I was chatting up a bunch of guys while they were out. So he says he gets it. But Cleo says that before he arrived, she tells us in an interview, she was worried about how he would adjust to her um, being trans. But now that he's here and things are going... And maybe that worry was a little bit misplaced and she should have been more worried about him adjusting to her being autistic. So she explains that the biggest issue she had, she explains to him um, that the biggest issue she had in that pub was the amount of space. She felt very claustrophobic and, sh- but she doesn't want to tell him too much because then she's worried that he's just like going to be like, well, I guess I can't take you anywhere. We'll just have to not do anything. And then she's going to feel guilty about not doing what he wants and it's a whole thing. So when they get back to the Airbnb. Christian is trying to make things a little bit more romantic, romantic with some red wine and some music, but notably not a baby making playlist. He says that he's like, I don't have a baby making playlist, and she's God. like, mm, I don't that think I need to explain this so to funny. you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so things are going much better for Cleo tonight, um, and that you know, a night in is much more her speed. So he tells her that he brought something special that maybe she hasn't experienced before. Very big tease, but it's a VR headset, which definitely might be fun and brings back some. They have a shared, they connected over a shared interest in video games and is not really romantic, but she's very much into it. So she plays, she says she has a lot of fun, it's a blast. And she was like, it was like the real world, but like with less detail, <laughs> which I really appreciated. Um, so anyway, um, Then it kind of comes to the time it's kind of bedtime. So they're making their way up to the bedroom and Christian tells us in an interview about the pressure and like wondering if how things are going to go when he's intimate with Cleo and she gets changed into her nightgown and they lay down awkwardly in bed together, both fully clothed and they're kind of doing that small talk thing when like, you know, you both think stuff should happen, but you're both also kind of waiting for the other person to make the move, make the first move. And she's like, so we're in bed and uh I think we're both attracted to each other, <laughs> and like, which is what Cleo leads with. And a Christian says, oh, yeah, totally. But, you know, I'm not the guy who generally does things. I, I wait for the girl to make the first move because I'll feel rejected and feel bad if I do it. and It's not welcome. But then uh, Cleo tells him, well, I never make the first move. So... Anyway, Cleo thinks he's full of shit because she's like, he's like the flirtiest guy I've ever met. There's no yeah, way he doesn't make agree. the first move. <laughs> like, I super agree with Cleo, and uh, so you know, and he also talked endlessly about like how much physical affection meant to him in a relationship, like very much a love, like you know, physical contact is my love language type person. But apparently now it's just like, oh, eh, well, maybe we can just try something. So. She's not buying it. She thinks something's up. And it sounds like you agree. Like, some, uh, yeah, it, this is not good.
1: Totally agree. Um, I'll start off by saying that I forgot Christian is not Texan. So I apologize to Texans. No, he's from
0: he's from Minnesota. Yes. And I forgot that he place. always
1: makes a big deal about how he's from the Midwest. So I don't know why I thought he was from Texas. But uh, yeah, he is so flirty. Um, and so talk about rejection. What if some, you know, girl is just like, well, I don't want to talk to you and like is just or just rude to him, just straight up ignores him. How is that not a rejection? I really, really highly doubt this is someone who is so insecure in himself that he couldn't possibly even start to make the first move. And if that person like turned their face because they're not trying to get kissed, that all of a sudden he would just be shattered emotionally and couldn't move on or, you know, try it with someone else. Like, that is bullshit. Yeah. I don't
0: believe we'll that it, for
1: a second.
0: No, it very much is. It very much is. Like somebody who, yeah, who randomly takes up like things with strangers all the time. I just start yeah. talking to people. I'm just friendly. Right. Cause I definitely understand not even the fear of rejection. Like, right. my concern was always like, oh, I'm afraid they're going to think I'm creepy. Like, I'm afraid yeah. they're going to think I'm a person who was just talking to them all night and now is just trying to get laid and, like, is taking things too far, too fast. Like, that was always my – like. whether it's like, oh, no, I don't get to kiss this girl. It's like, right. okay, fine. She says, no, I don't want to kiss you. Then I don't want to kiss you. I just was afraid to be like, no, I don't want to kiss you. And now you're gross. Like, yeah. <laughs> for trying to kiss me. Right? Yeah. And so, I get that from, a pers- from that perspective. But I don't think – but you know what else I don't do because I feel like people are going to think I'm gross? Talk to 21-year-olds on airplanes in the middle of the night.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> and this is so much of a different situation that he's talking about anyway, right? Yeah. Like you flew like to a different country. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. How can you mean there is a shared understanding that this person is not going to reject you if you attempt to kiss her? So there is definitely he is not being honest with us or himself that he still is hung up on like the physical aspect of their relationship. And I think it would just be more fair if he was like upfront about it instead of making up this ridiculous transparent lie about it. Because the Mm -hmm. reality is Christian is not – that attractive that girls are making the first move on him. If he is waiting for women to make the first move, this guy is never getting laid. He is that never is also, making out with anyone. He That is, is also true. Right. He is virginal, like has never kissed anyone before. So that is bullshit I call Major bullshit on him never making the first move.
0: Yeah, no, I think he definitely makes the first move, and I think I, I think you pointed out right the fact that this is a situation where they agreed to meet after the mutual yeah. understanding that this would be a physical relationship mm-hmm. removes most of the. I was afraid you would think I was creepy. Well, like, no, like you've you've already had that discussion. That's like, yeah, it's 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 clearly. I'm not as into this as I thought I would be right? Um, or, you know, I'm, I, I just, I like, and I definitely know, like, I would be afraid, you know, if, if, you know, it's, 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 it's somebody you being with a trans person and you maybe even are very physically attracted to them there, but you're afraid, you know, you're going to get things you are going to get thing in there and you're going to have to touch things you don't want to touch. And you're just like, I don't. no, I'm not into this. I'm not into it. I well, like, can't do it. check
1: out the goods first. He hasn't right. even gotten that far, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. And there's ways to ease yourself into it, right? It's right. not like you have to go – it's not like you have to go from zero to 100. Like, like – because I, I think she'd be happy with it. It was like, we're going to take things slow. We're just going to make out tonight. Yeah. Like I think she would be totally okay with that. Right, right. right. And he's not even – He's not even a, a, on that. He's very much like I just want to respect you. I'm like come on, this yeah, is not it. Yeah.
1: She's trying to like almost like confront him like so are you going to make a move? He gives a random excuse and then is like good night and like literally turns over to his back his back is to her and turns out the light. It's just like right. this is right. I mean it was
0: it was very much like a Yes, yeah, the conversation couldn't have been like more clear. So were you going to make a move? Well, I don't know. I'm worried about making first moves that might get rejected. I will not reject you if you make a first move. Okay, good to know.
1: Good night. Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, okay, I will say because Christian is not my favorite, but I did appreciate that he considered the whole like being overwhelmed with the crowd and he had a really good date planned out. So I'm like, mm-hmm. at first I was like – could he possibly, like, be getting better? And then as soon as they had the conversation about why he hasn't made the first move, I was like, no, nah, this guy's full of shit. I'm done.
0: Yeah, he is. He is 100% full of shit. Like, yeah. it, that, you're right. It just it, it doesn't add up. There's no way a, the party guy, like he says he is, is going around being like, I just wait for women to come on to me. Like, Yeah, no one's I mean, doing
1: that. No one's coming on to Christian. Sorry.
0: No, no, unless but I could see him doing that, like. I could see him like doing stuff where it's like, it's kind of like the episode of, of of Friends where like she, like she, Rachel does the, does the, says the story and everybody's like, you came on to him. You said the story. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like where he does something and it's like, well, she kissed me first. And it's like, well, yeah, but because you put your arm around her and like leaned in, that was you. That wasn't her making the first move. Right. The part where you did that was the first move, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and, and I don't know. But even if it was, that was the case. This is, He's not even doing that. Like he's barely in a bed together. And I guess he kind of spoons her when she turns away. Um, they show us that like when there's no danger and her kissing back, he's like, oh, yeah, here you go. Let me do this real quick to make right. it look like I'm not So it's 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 pretty transparent.
1: Yeah, for sure. I had this friend who um, she would sway in a very funny way, like almost like in a circle, Uh, When she was drunk, and guys thought she was leaning in. Oh,
0: that's a lean in, sure.
1: And Mm -hmm. so she would, and she is very quiet, she's very shy, but when she would get drunk, oh my gosh, she would make out with guys like, very quickly, and you just be like, how are you doing that? Because, you know, she's shy. And I realized it's because she's doing the weird drunken lean in. And so they think that's a sign and they go for it.
0: Oh, I mean, it is. That is the sign most of the time. Like, the lean <laughs> no. in is 100% is. the sign. But I
1: know her. It was a drunk. She can't stand up on her phone. If,
0: if I'm a random guy at a bar and I'm chatting up a girl who then, like, kind of leans towards me, I'm like,
1: right. yes. okay oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. No, Great. I get it. Maybe that's what Christian thinks is the first move. I don't know. Maybe Cleo just <laughs> needs drunk. to do a drunk leaning.
0: He's just around a bunch of drunk girls who like sway in his direction. He's like, ah, they made the first move. Oh,
1: first move. Okay. All right. Okay, Ooh. so uh, we didn't see Tyree or uh, Misha.
0: Or Amanda. Week.
1: Or Amanda. Oh my goodness. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, out of the group you saw this week, who was your student of the week?
0: I mean it usually usually is on the list of my I, my dunces, so I'm gonna give it to Gino this time. Okay. Um, for, you know, actually doing what the what the counselor said as best he could. Yeah. Playing playing along with her like like they had that whole weird is that not a really no orgasm thing? But he didn't like get like, well, you made me feel so bad. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, he was like, no, me. you're
1: lying. Bye. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. And and so, you know, trying to speak Spanish. I mean, I think he did a good job this time. Now, but will that last? Probably not. But I'll give it for well, this time. speaking sure. of
1: good jobs of diffusing situations, I felt Dempsey, uh, how she handled uh, Statler's like very veiled accusation of cheating How she Mm -hmm. dealt with that was like pretty mature in a way that was productive. Um, And I think it came off as very genuine where Statler did feel like, okay, you know, I shouldn't have asked her that. I should have trusted her more, Um, but not in a way that was like an argument. It it very easily could have been an argument, but she really was quick to say, yeah, the communication wasn't good when I was in Thailand, you know. And I think how she handled that whole situation, Dempsey was my student of the week. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about your dunce?
0: Uh, I'm going to say Riley, um, just, I mean, I think I did last week too. This is definitely right. a repeat customer, but oh, he's just ridiculous, holier than thou. Like I am right. I'm the man. I'm not going to put up with this only to kind of turn around and be like, oh yeah, wait, I was an asshole like later. And now put the onus on her to forgive him for his ridiculousness. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. I don't like it.
1: Oh no. I went with Riley as well. I mean, at first I was going to go with Christian, um, just because, but it's not like, I don't know. I think when it comes out that these are all lies, that was going to be like more obvious. Yeah, I'm I'm kind
0: of saving. But right now it's more
1: speculation that that he's not doing good things. Yes. Right. Uh So whereas Riley, it's pretty obvious he's doing bad shit. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, So my life lesson actually has to do with Riley Um, and really just how he didn't really necessarily come to the realization that Violet had – a good reason to feel the way she did until he talked to the tour guide, the random tour guide. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because when he talks to his own family, they're all just like in, you yep, know. Yeah, you're
0: right. Yeah, you yeah, go, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so I think it's good to take counsel outside your circle of friends to stop this feedback loop. And whether it's, you know, a therapist I don't know, a random of stranger that's just willing to listen. Maybe just even – it doesn't even have to be like not your friend, but a friend that maybe has more diverse opinions than you or mm-hmm. like just thinks differently than you. It's it's not good to keep on seeking advice from the people who are just going to be yes men and just like sure. agree with just everything like, you I say. Just like I have
0: your back no matter what, so you're right. Yeah, yeah like. exactly. Right. So um, my, my life lesson goes towards the, the David and Sheila and like how when someone is dealing with, you know, a tragedy or a loss, how it's like it, it's very hard to be that person's partner. And like and what you uh, kind of what you want to do is not be overly, you know, you kind of take your cues from what they need, yeah. but also without constantly asking them what they need because yeah. it's it's a very delicate balance to and I thought David pretty much did did a pretty good job to so. you know be there for the person to give them what they need but not be not have them telling you what they need be an extra burden on top of
1: everything. Right, right. No, I thought he did a very good job. Mhm. Yeah. All right. Uh so uh that's it for this group. Um I did kind of catch up a little bit on the other way. Oh man, well, it's <laughs> It's good. I, I'm kind of bummed a little bit that we're uh, not know, covering it. But it's, they're not all good. I would say the ones that are good are really good, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Brendan and Mary are fantastic God, TV. They're gold. Um, they're awesome. And then what's her name? Holly and what's his face are good. The South African Wayne. ones. They're Wayne. Yeah. yeah. But then we're getting like, what's her face? And the, the Dominican guy, I can't remember their names, uh, um, are coming back next week.
1: Oh um, oh, um uh Danielle Danielle
0: and Johan, and Johan. Yeah. yeah, like oh I definitely don't need any more of them,
1: yeah, I was kind of over his attitude after the last season. not that she's a peach, but she's always been who she is. uh the difference is like the first season right. Johan was actually much nicer
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> sure. this last
1: season he's like, yeah. done over it. we're married now. I don't have to pretend,
0: but I definitely did show my you know my my partner who is a um, you know, a designer of kitchens, the uh, apartment scene of oh, the yeah. apartment that what's his face trying to make for an India? He tried to oh. make for the apartment. She's like, why are the doors all different sizes? Oh why gosh. Is there yeah. a door in front of the
1: toilet? Well, that's interesting too. <laughs> she, they're really great too. Uh, Kimberly and I forget her partner's name. TJ. Uh, TJ. Yes. Uh, yeah. I really like. That Kimberly is keeping it real, but I think it's kind of funny that she tries to play this, like, bubbly, like... Spiritual, uh,
0: tarot, yeah, yeah.
1: Astrological, like, I don't know what kind of... You kind of call those types of people. Like people Very who are spiritual. into horoscopes, spiritual. you mean? spiritual. Very yeah. spiritual person. Like, she's trying to come off as this positive vibe spiritual person, but that certainly breaks down when she doesn't like what she doesn't like.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, maybe we'll have more of a formalized thing, uh, next week. Uh, we may have a short discussion on them. We're not going to cover mm-hmm. and summarize everything, but uh, right. yeah, maybe be open to more of a discussion once we're kind of on the same page and watch the same episodes. For so. sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All
1: right. So until then, we will see right. you
0: later. See everybody then. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.